Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. <clears throat> so good to see you, everybody. Everybody happy this morning? Yeah. We don't have to wear a jacket today. We don't need a jacket. So good to see everybody. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. Thank you for prioritizing Jesus and letting Jesus be who he wants to be in our lives. Amen. I'm grateful for the presence of the Lord this morning. And I'm just challenged by... Uh, <clears throat> I'm just challenged by life. Y'all with me? Life can throw some different challenges at you. And uh, this morning, uh, I just want to, the title of my message is check your oil. Check your oil. Whenever we have, at the end of the service, we have our prayer team come up. And uh, the scripture says that let the elders of the church come up and uh, if there's any sick among you, let them come up and let the elders of the church anoint them with oil and the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. Amen. And there's an anointing all through the Old Testament in the tabernacle. They, God gave this commandment to keep the oil vessels full uh, so that the light would shine bright. And if the oil gets low, then the light begins to dim. Uh, a few years back, we were driving back from Fort Worth and my truck shut down. I didn't know what the problem was. And after a little bit, checked the oil, the check oil engine light came on and it was like, you need to check the oil. And I had not checked the oil in my pickup for quite some time. Do you know why? Because it didn't use any oil. And I assumed that the oil was still good when I, it had already gotten low on oil, but I didn't even know it until the light came on. About ruined the whole truck. Because I didn't check the oil. Today, I'm going to challenge y'all to check your oil. Because it's easy to go through life and just kind of go through the motions of life and understand that, that, well, as long as I'm breathing, we're good. One of the things that God, is, that's attached to the oil is the anointing. And it's a, the anointing is a, it's a word that we use in church a lot. But really what it is, is, is you remember the, the prophets of old, they would anoint the king of Israel. They'd pour oil on his head. You remember uh, throughout the, all of the Old Testament, there was an anointing that would happen with the different prophets, the prophet Elijah and the different ones. But there had to be an anointing on anything that anybody did that belonged to God. So in other words, we all have our talents, we all have our gifts, amen? amen. I said we all have our talents. Amen. We all have something that we're good at. And if you don't know what you're good at, before this sermon is over, I'm hoping that God, the Holy Spirit, will show you something. But it doesn't really do any good to be good at something if God isn't in that something. So a lot of times we, we get so focused on the horizontal that we don't really focus on the vertical. 
So when we get it right this way, all these other things, but when God puts his anointing on your gift and your talent, then amazing things happen. And you're, you, you wake up and you go, whoa, how'd that happen? And then we realize that it wasn't because of us, it was because of the anointing that God put on us. And so what God does, he takes our natural and he puts his super on our natural and then amazing things happen in the kingdom of God. But when the oil is low, your truck might be running at 40 miles an hour when God means for it to go at 70. When I was a little kid, when I was in grade school, they, they decided that they was going to have a music program in the school and that they want, wanted uh, to teach the grade school kids how to play instruments. So they, they had, they come around, they ask anybody, the kids, and they asked me if I wanted to, to play an instrument. I said, yeah, I want to be in the, I want to be in the, in the, in the, whatever they called it. And uh, so I chose the cello. You know the cello, it's about this tall, and, and you play it, you're sitting down, and you play the cello. Um, I, to be real clear, I didn't know anything after I got through playing the cello than I did before I started playing the cello. <laughs> but I do remember one thing, that the, we played a song and they, we had a concert. At the end of, of the year, we had a concert. And one of the songs was, was my favorite song because you could just, you, you played it real fast. I mean, and it didn't really, I didn't really know what to do with this part up here, but I just like, <laughs> it was just enjoyable for me because I like to do things fast. So we played this song this, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the concert and when all of us grade school kids, you can imagine what it sounded like, when us grade school kids got through playing the song, our parents were out in the crowd. All of our parents were the, in the crowd. I mean, you could have heard a pin drop. <laughs> and I remember the, 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 the director of our, our little whatever it was, he was playing the piano so everybody would know what the tune was, I'm sure. But, but at the end of the, 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 the song, I remember him doing this. Underneath the piano, he was like. <laughs> and then every, all the parents go, oh. And then they started clapping. And it was like, oh, we must have been really bad. <laughs> There's things that you're anointed to do. You have gifts in you that God has given you, specific gifts, and everybody has gifts to do, but it's not enough just to be able to do something. But my goodness, this morning, I want to inspire you to let God anoint what he's blessed you with, the gifts and the talents that he's put into you, and let the things that are natural for you become supernatural for him. I live out in the horse world, and before we came to the, came to the church here was a chaplain at Sam Houston Race Park at the horse racetrack. Not every horse that's entered in the race can run much. Just because they're in a horse race doesn't mean that they can run very fast. 
Because I've watched, I've watched a lot of races, and, and inevitably, there'll be a horse that's way behind. I'm not talking about up here with all the other running horses, but a horse that's way behind here. And you, you can almost read that horse's mind as he comes running past, the, or kind of loping past the grandstand with everybody watching him. It's almost like he's embarrassed, and he's like, he's running. It's almost like he's thinking, I don't really know what I'm doing here. But they think I need to be in this horse race. And I, I know I can't run, but I, here I am. And I mean, it's just kind of, I don't know. <laughs> but the horses that run, can really run, they're like, I know why I'm here. We all can do something well, amen? But my challenge to you is figure out what you do well. Figure it out through the baptism of the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit teach you what you do well and then allow the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come on you so that you can be who you were created to be. 1 Samuel chapter 16, if you have your Bibles. 1 Samuel Chapter 16. Verse 1 says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn over Saul? Everybody say, How long? Is there anything in your life that didn't go out the way, didn't go the way that you wanted it to go, or something happened, you had a loss in your life, or something just kind of just it, it, it was just a hard, hard time for you and it didn't turn out the way you wanted it to, to turn out and you've hung on to it. My question to you today is how long do you plan on hanging on to that? And that's what God said to Samuel. Samuel was a prophet and he was the one that anointed Saul as king over Israel. Saul he, he went south and to the point where God said, I regret the day that I anointed Saul as king of Israel. And then he's getting ready to anoint David as king of Israel. And he asked the prophet Samuel, he said, how long are you going to mourn over Saul? You need to get up and get over it. That's cowboy way of saying How long will you mourn over Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Then he said, fill your horn with oil. It's like they had old cow horns or bull horns, and they would, they would seal that, that, that horn with oil. And it says, fill your horn with oil and go. Don't just get your horn filled with oil and say, it's nice to have a horn full of oil. He said, get your horn full of oil and... He says, I am sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, the guy that lives in Bethlehem, for I have provided myself a king among him, among his sons. I, you, you can't overlook that. Too many times we think that... There, the king is there for our benefit. The president is there for our benefit. The government is there for my benefit. Listen to this. 
I have provided myself a king. I have provided a king for me, for myself, so that I can serve the people, but so the people can serve me. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. So this is interesting because David, he's saying go anoint David as king and Saul is the reigning king at that point in time. And Samuel's going, you're asking me to do a pretty tough thing here, God. And how can I do all this? I mean, like, like, do you really know what you're asking me to do? Do you know who I am and do you know who the king is? And I'm like, God, you know what? Let me fill you in on some of this stuff because I'm not sure you really get it. I'll go on. But the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me, again, for me, the one I name to you. So Samuel did, this is important, Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem. The elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, do you come peaceably? In other words, whenever the prophet would show up, they knew that he represented the presence of God. Sometimes God would bring judgment on that land because they had forsaken God, and sometimes God would, would bless them. And they asked the question of Samuel, why did you come? Did you come to bless us, or did you come to curse us? Peaceably. And he said, peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before you. This is David's older brother. Verse 7. But the Lord said, the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical strength stature because I have refused him for the Lord does not see as man sees for man looks at the outward appearance but God looks at the heart so Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel another brother neither has the Lord chosen this one Jesse made Shema pass by him he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? And then he said, there remains, oh, David, he, he's a, a shepherd boy. He's the youngest and he's taking care of the sheep. I mean, Can, can we just take another look at the others? And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him for we will not sit down until he comes. He said, we're not going to rest. This is, this is important. So he sent and brought him and now he was ruddy and bright eyed and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is the one. Anoint, there's that anointing word again, y'all with me? Anoint him for this purpose, for he is the one. 
that Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. I thought that was an interesting comment. I imagine all the other brothers were looking because we know that how we know their attitude from the story of David and Goliath, right? That they're like, The Spirit of the Lord came on David from that day, and Samuel arose and went to Ramah. When other people saw a shepherd boy, God saw a king. When other people see things in you and they, they realize that, that, and they see who you really are, people that really know you, God may see something different. Chances are real good that God's going to see you differently than everybody else sees you. And David was in that, in, in that camp. David, to his brothers and to his dad, was just a delivery boy. Because you remember the story of David and Goliath. All the other brothers were fighting the battle. No, they weren't really fighting. They were just setting up on the mountain being scared of the enemy. And David said, who is this? But they, they, he brought, the he, brought the, the, he was a delivery boy. He brought food and stuff for the other brothers and for the king. And, and, and then he said this, who is this giant that uh, defies the armies of the living God? David saw the giant different than his brothers saw the giant. David saw the giant to defend the kingdom of God. The brothers saw the giant as somebody who could defeat them, but David saw the giant as someone that he could defeat because he had the living God on his side because he had been anointed for a reason and for a purpose. We'll never get to second base until we realize that first base has to do with the anointing. And when God puts his natural on your super, on your when he puts his super on your natural, let me put it that way. Y'all know what I meant. Something happens. We try to do things on our own, and we get a degree of success, and we think, oh, I am so good. But when God puts his super on our natural, amazing things happen in our homes. Amazing things happen in our marriages. Amazing things happen with our kids. Amazing things happen with our business. Amazing things happen because we have grown to appreciate the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit because when our oil gets low, we have the red light come on, the check engine light, the check your spiritual light that comes on and we go, I must go into the presence of God to get my oil filled up because I value it that much. The problem with the oil though is that in oil, in order to get olive oil, which this was made of, there had to be a place where that olives, where the olives were crushed. You'll never be able to get oil from an olive until the olive itself is crushed. And the more the crushing, the greater and the purer the oil. 
We many times want to escape the crushing part. We want to escape the part, uh, the growing part to, to get into the presence of God. And, and the place called Gethsemane, you know that word. The word Gethsemane actually means the place of crushing. When we went to Israel on a, on a, on a trip, we were able to go to Bethlehem and we were able to see uh, they had a, a big uh, a uh, stone, round stone, and it would uh, a donkey would push, or the men would push this stone around this this vat, and it would crush the oil, the the olives, and it would make pure oil. And there had to be, in order to get the oil, in order for there, y'all stay with me, in order for there to be an anointing, in order for there to be an anointing oil. It always involved crushing. You remember Jesus whenever he was praying. He said, Father, if it be thy will. Y'all with me? Let this cup. Let it pass from me. I, but then what did he say after that? Anybody. Nevertheless, not my will, but time be done. The Bible says that he could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and to, that he could be set free, but it said that he said, not my will. He said, God, if it's your will, I'm going to go and I'm going to put my place in this place of crushing, in this place of purpose for you so that I can be the anointed. The Bible teaches that, that when Jesus was born, that God anointed him to, to bring the good news and tidings of great joy, that he would redeem their people that he came to seek and to save those who were lost. We all know that by his stripes we are healed. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are we are healed by his crushing and because he submitted himself and was anointed for this purpose, he came down and he knew what he was born and bred to do and he walked in the anointing of the Father and he said, nevertheless, not my will. As an example to us, as we walk through life, we say, God, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And when we pray, we said, Lord, not my will, like thy will be done on earth as you have planted in heaven, that it's not about what I want because he said unless we are willing to take up our cross and follow him, we cannot be a part of the kingdom of God. So what happens? See this cross right here? Y'all see the cross? Jesus died on a cross and this past week I was thinking about that. There's a cross beam this way, horizontally, and there's a cross beam this way. There cannot be this unless we have this. And this represents this vertical relationship that we have with the Father, because it'll never be right. Y'all stay with me. It'll never be right this way. 
until it's right this way. This is what holds this up. Many times we want to do what we want to do for our own purpose and for our own selves. But if God is not there, it's just us doing and going through the motions of life without his anointing. And it happens in the church and it happens in the world. We get to thinking that we're all that in a bag of chips. But without the anointing, we can't do this and we can't be this. So, so on the cross, on the cross, Jesus hung on the cross. But I was thinking, what was in the middle of the cross beam? It was the heart of God. It was the heart of God. The reason he went to the cross so that we could be connected and we could walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit because there was a breakthrough that happened and I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me, let me get back to my, let me get back to my, my notes. Jesus, you remember he, in the garden he prayed three times? Where was the disciples while God was praying? Sleeping. They were taking a nap. And Jesus is like, couldn't you just stay with me an hour? Can't you just like, give me an hour and pray with me for an hour? I think he's still asking that question. Can't you just stay with me? Like, like on Monday nights, we, we give time to pray and we, we give people time to come up to the altar and pray because it's a little bit... Uh, we have a little bit more time on Monday nights. But, but even on Monday nights, the, the altar isn't prioritized near as much as it used to be. And the privilege of coming to God and actually bringing our lives to God and saying, God, what is your plan for my life? What is, what is, what are you saying to me? What am I anointed for? What am I anointed to do? And who am I anointed to be? It all happens right there at the altar. When we humble ourselves before God and, and uh, trust me, I'm not saying this is the only altar where you're going to hear from God. You can hear from God. You make an altar out of your bed in your bedroom. You make an altar out of your couch in your living room. Make an altar out of your chair out on the back porch. Make an altar. I'm just telling you something that whenever we get before God, we are able to hear from God. Then we will know what we're anointed for. But when we get low on oil, it's because we have not been with the one who will renew the oil, the power of the Holy Spirit of God whenever they went in Jerusalem after Jesus ascended into heaven he said I will send the Holy Spirit it said they were all listen to this they were all in one accord in one place think about that they were in one accord in one place they were all getting along so good they all wanted one thing they were there for one purpose to hear from God and to allow God to send the Holy Spirit they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance because they were there for a reason and they were their purpose for being there was to hear from God it's anointed it was anointed. It was anointed. You think about your life. The, the highlights of your life. 
the highlights of your life, I'm just going to say, are the moments and the times when God got a hold of you and anointed and he did something supernatural in you or to you or for you or through you. Now, you know why God blesses you, right? Do you know why God blesses you? I would say we're all blessed. Can we all agree on that? We're all blessed. The reason God gives to us is because he wants to give through us. The reason he fills you with the Holy Spirit is so you can give the Holy Spirit to other people. And so whenever the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart, so that we can be people after God's own heart. David wasn't perfect. Said David, David was a perfect man. No, but David was a pursuer of God. David was somebody that he wrote hundreds of psalms and, 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 and worship. He was a worshiper and he was a pursuer of God. He was somebody who ran after God. And wherever God was, that's where he wanted to be. Whenever God was moving, he wanted to be in the presence of God and to be where God had called him to be because he valued the presence of God. And it wasn't that he was perfect, but he never did run from God. He always ran to God when he he got away from God. Psalm 133, it says, blessed. It says, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. Like back in the day, they wouldn't just put a little oil on your head. They'd like dump it on you. <laughs> it says it's like the dew of Hermon de de descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessings, life evermore. Whenever there's the anointing that God puts on us, he brings the blessings on us, and the blessing is life evermore. Samuel was carrying another man's anointing. Did you know that? When Samuel got the horn of oil, God told him to go to Bethlehem. So God trusted Samuel with David's anointing. Samuel wasn't jealous over David's anointing. Samuel was a servant of God to bring David's anointing to David. And he was trusted that, that what God had for David wouldn't be spilled out on the ground or misused for somebody else's anointing. So what God anoints in us is for us specifically. And a lot of people are like, see, in our culture today, we say, a lot of people say, well, I just don't like the way God made me. Saying to the creator, I don't like the way you made me. I'm going to go get a sex change. Saying to God, I don't like the way you made me. 
I said, I said, like, I said that to God when I was like 30. I wasn't married and I had a bald hair. I said, God, I, how come you made me like this? I don't have no hair. <laughs> Darla thought I was cute, but God kind of blinded her for a minute. I think, anyway, I don't know. She thought I was cute. I thought, well, I'll take that for sure. But God spoke to my heart and he's like, are you, Randy, are you telling me that you don't like the way I made you? Are you saying that? Who are we to say to the creator? Now, it's easy to pick on people if, we, if, if it doesn't have anything to do with us. You with me? In other words, it's easy to do what God's anointed us to do if we agree with what God said for us to do. Y'all ain't getting it. As long as God agrees with me, I'm, I'm all in. But what if, just what if, what if God has something different for you than what you think you have for you? What about that? Are you willing and ready to say, God, I don't know what this looks like. I don't understand. Here's David. He comes out of the, watching the sheep and the prophet of God pours the anointed oil over the shepherd boy and says, zap, you're the king. Can you imagine what went through David's mind? Let me tell you something. Just because David was anointed by God didn't mean that everybody else would honor that anointing. King Saul tried to kill David. David hid from Saul. David ran from Saul. David wound up in caves hiding from Saul. And, and I can imagine, David had a choice. He could either say, it's just not fair. I didn't sign up for all this. And you can go through David's life and you can read all about it. But at the end of the day, here's what God said. God said that David was a man after God's own heart. That David was a man after God's own heart. That David wanted what God wanted for David above everything else. And really, that's the challenge for a lot of us selfish people is to say, God, what you want, not my will, but yours be done. Got a lot of good, good, good notes in here. Uh, The anointing in us always welcomes the Holy Spirit to make corrections in us, either by direct, direct convictions from his or from an anointed person he brings into our lives. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. A lot of times God brings correction to us through conviction of the Holy Spirit, but sometimes it's conviction through through 
your friends or your spouse or your kids or, or your, your parents. God can bring conviction through that. God can speak through other people on our behalf. Uh, uh, we're not created or anointed. When I was in college, I thought that it'd be a good idea if I would be a, if I could ride horses, be a bareback bronc rider. And what you do, you hang on to a, a, a handle like it's a suitcase, and they nod their head and you spur the horse. Y'all seen all that on TV. But every time I would do that, I, I went ahead and entered, I think I entered five rodeos as a bareback rider, and I got bucked off of every horse I got on. I didn't learn my lesson the first time, or the second time, or the third time, or the fourth time, but the fifth time, a light came on. You're probably not cut out for that. And if you are cut out for it, you got sewed up wrong. I don't know about you, but sometimes I want to do, I see what somebody else is doing, and I want to be like them. But I want to say to you, you be the best you that you can be and when you are who God made you to be and God puts his anointing on you and his super on your natural then you will be content because it says godliness with contentment is great gain I'm going to tell you something there's a lot of godly people but they're not content they're miserable people to be around God wants us to be content with who we are. And you can spend the rest of your life trying to figure out who God made you to be. But thank God that he is patient with us, that he doesn't leave us, he doesn't forsake us, that he moves in us and through us. When we get in this place of anointing where God can speak to us, where he can convict us, where we're teachable, humble people, we all can use more humility and more teachability. Can you say amen to that? I know I can. David said, thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So what do we do? We develop the talent that God puts in us. God, uh, that's what David did as he chased after God. He heard from God, and God spoke to him, and God used him, and he became the greatest king ever in the nation of Israel. It didn't make sense in the, in the natural. Or to man, it didn't make sense, but to God, it made perfect sense. I'll say this. We, 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 we all have to move. Do something. Move in that direction. I think our culture has got way too hung up on the why, and we need to get back a little bit to the what. Why is it important? Why do we follow Christ? Why do we live for God? Why is God, has God chosen us to be a part of his kingdom of God? Why have we chosen? But, but really, uh, what is it as well that God has called us to actually do for the kingdom of God, to use the talent that he's put inside of us? So when, uh, when there was... Uh, When they anointed the kings, uh, historians tell us, it's not in the Bible, but, but they, they tell us that, that, that 
the, the seal in the horn of oil that had the oil in it said whenever he whenever Samuel would pour that oil on the new king that God would make that wax melt and the oil would break through the wax and anoint the king and and what they say is is whenever whenever Samuel would put the the horn of oil over the other seven brothers that that there was that God wasn't in it but whenever God was in it that there was a breakthrough that the oil came and broke through the wax and and anointed David as the king of Israel and where did that happen by the way a little town called Bethlehem you remember that town right there was another breakthrough that happened in Bethlehem. You remember that? When uh, Mary's water broke? My daughter had the same experience last night. We got a brand new baby. It's uh, 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 pretty cool. But the gift of life comes with sacrifice. Any of you ladies ever been pregnant in July? It's, it's like, it's, it's pretty hot. But there was a breakthrough and God said that he anointed the Christ child. And Jesus said that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. His, his plan and his purpose and his anointing was to seek and to save that which is lost. Those who spend all the time on the crossbar without any upright holding the crossbar up, they're down here without, without this. So, going back to the cross, something else happened. There was another breakthrough that happened when Jesus died on the cross. Y'all remember, right? I mean, the Bible says that in the temple, the high priest was the only one who could make sacrifices for all of the people. But the Bible says that the curtain that separated us from the presence of God, those who are unholy from the holy, those who have who are the created from the creator that the curtain was torn into that there was a breakthrough that the presence of God broke through the curtain so that we could be born again and we could experience this new birth that comes from the anointing of the Holy Spirit that we don't have to be like everybody else just wandering around behind the little animals wondering what is my purpose in life that we can have a purpose in life and we can be anointed with what God has blessed us and anointed us and created us to do that we can my goodness we can like be so cool <laughs> does that make sense to you it all goes back to the cross it all goes back to the anointing God is not willing that any should perish but that all should walk in this anointing because the veil of the curtain 
was broke through by the presence of God so that we could all have eternal life. Whosoever wills, whosoever wills may come. For God so loved the world that whosoever believes, 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 whoever believes, whoever believes, whoever believes, whoever believes, whoever believes, shall have eternal life and walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Check your oil. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for all you do for us. May your word live and breathe in us, oh God. I pray, oh God, that you would help us as human beings to be who you called us to be, to be faithful to you, to be faithful to your word. Lord, to surrender, to submit. Yes, Lord, take us, oh God, I pray and anoint us for what you called us to do. In Jesus' name. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. Jesus told a guy named Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again if you want to see the kingdom of God. It's not about being good. I think the, one of the detriments of, of religion today is that we focus on being good and doing good and Jesus focuses on our hearts and, and, and why we do what we do, but also what we do. But it's important for us to understand that he said, if we confess our sin, that he would be faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's not about our goodness. It's about God's goodness and his faithfulness to us. And whenever we accept him as our personal savior, we break through this barrier of of inadequacy and not being good enough into the presence of God where we're adopted into the kingdom of God. Jesus said this. He said, you must be born again. If you've never been born again before, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, simply by raising your hand, say, preacher, I need Jesus in my life. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Slip your hand up high. Preacher, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. Slip your hand up high. Anybody want to put a Bible in your hand? Yep, thank you, partner. I'm so proud for you. Sure. Leave your hand up till we get a Bible in it. Anybody else? Slip your hand up high. I don't want to miss anybody. This is the greatest gift known to mankind. E eternal life. Something that's born inside of us is this eternity business. And the only way our fulfillment will come from us, will come to us, is if we accept Christ and, and realize that that's the reason that we are here. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you raise your hand, sir, would you look up at me? Would you mind coming up and let me pray with you? I'd be honored. I'm so proud for you, buddy. So proud of you. Bless your heart, man. Tell me your name again. Uh, Albert Martinez. Albert, yes, bless sir. you, buddy. Can I pray with you? Yes, sir. Yes, just just help, help me pray. I'm going to pray, and you can repeat after me, okay? Y'all help us pray. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus. thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross. For my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible, to pray, show up for church, get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. 
Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm so proud of you, buddy. Look, look here. So here's what here's what you're doing. You're not gonna be perfect when you want, but but your heart, that was David's deal. His heart was for God. Guard your heart. And always run to him. Don't, don't ever run from him. He'll help you. We'll help you. That's why we're here. I love you. So proud for you, buddy. Go visit those guys for just a second. Thank you, buddy. You stand with me, please. Fulfillment comes from knowing our purpose and embracing the process of our purpose because we, we, we grow and move in him. We are living beings that grow. And the more you know about God, the more you realize that you need to know more about God. The more you know the word of God, the more you realize I need to know more of the word of God. It's a work in progress. We are a work in progress. But I just want to ask you the question this morning, Lord, help me. How many will be honest and say, oh, I got to tell you, oh, we're late. Let me tell you real fast. When Shiloh was a little girl, we got her a little pony, and the little pony was born sour. Barn shower means that that pony, when he leaves the barn, he'd, he'd, he'd turn, turn and run right back to the barn. He, he wouldn't leave the barn. We couldn't, we couldn't keep the pony because he was barn sour. A lot of people get church sour. And we come to church, but we don't ever do anything else because we're comfortable here. And, and I'm going to tell you something. This message is about us being God's spokespeople, the conduit for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to, to, to spill out from this building. Church is not about coming to church. It's about getting full of the Holy Spirit so we can take what we have here and take it outside. Too many barn sour Christians. Like we come to church and look. That's not God's plan, amen? Let that Holy Spirit and let the anointing that God has for you be used for the eternal things. How many say, preacher, I, I need to get out and be a, a, a more anointed person out in my community, in my family, I, at work. I, God doesn't need any more secret service Christians. How many need to get out more and speak up? Just speak up more. You need to speak up. Let's raise both hands and surrender. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your blessings. Help us, Lord, to be faithful to you. Lord, may we not be intimidated by this world. God, I pray for, for, for boldness in everybody that has their hand up, the boldness to follow you, to speak up for you, to be anointed of the Holy Spirit of God. Help us, Lord, to be filled, not to have, uh, not to run low on oil anymore, Lord. We seek after you with all our hearts. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for the challenge that you put in our hearts today, and we receive that challenge in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless y'all. We love y'all. Thank you for being here. Again, we got our prayer team up here. If you need special prayer, love to have you.